I don't think we should talk about it. Unless you're prepared to kill them. Oh, man. Oh, God. 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 Get ready. Woo! We are tour, and we're doing it better than anybody else alive. This is the Cutline Podcast with your host, Michael Cavalunas. start this show with two complaints the first being the most recent movie trailer i've seen land shark have we come to this level of entertaining people where the concept of jaws must be first positioned from natural disasters sharknado to now the ability to swim and eat people on land come on come on just a little bit of info though if i ever do find that film on netflix you know i'm gonna watch it I know you're going to watch it too. And number two complaint. I've been told that I have to mow my lawn at four inches. Four inches in length. I've done it. I can't stand it. How long the grass is. It's choking out the weeds. I get it. But come on, man. I want my grass to look like a fairway. Of course, it can't. I can't do that with my lawn. But still, come on. Four inches? Four inches? Alright, the Memorial Tournament at Muirfield Village is upon us, and the cut line is going to bring you in-depth analysis of the best place for this weekend's tournament. But before that, hello Canada, hello USA, hello UK, Australia, New Zealand, Spain, Germany, Lithuania, South Africa, cut line worldwide. And as always, we do appreciate all of our listeners. Remember that you can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud. You can find us on every medium that you can listen to a podcast. So if you're not subscribed, Make sure you stay up to date with the latest podcast from The Cut Line. Of course, give us a like, give us a love, give us those five stars, give us that one star. I really don't care because I love doing this. Guess what? It's free. So, fun is winning. Winning is mucho divertido. Now, for you returning listeners. Oh, my God. And for those of you that are new to the cut line, you lost your edge. You're the loser, punk. Try me. Where in God's name have you been? I'm Mike Kevlunas on Lunas on Twitter. We missed last week's show due to a voice that was absent, that was gone. And I blame it on golf. Not joking. Too many beers, too many cigars. Went to record and I couldn't say a word. I didn't want to do that to your ears, so we skipped it, whatever. We went extra duty on the foreplay, and that seemed to work out, except for Justin Rose. Thanks a lot. Anyways, I think we're going to continue with that, that kind of style. 
of just providing you more and more and more information that we kind of validate with our write-ups and our plays and our statistical models and everything that I use to build the best lineups that I can, hopefully to get you guys up there on top of the leaderboard. Been seeing a lot of cut line rep the brands lately. Um, so, and then we also got some towels out on the way. So if you are a listener to the show, I did reach out to you. Um, I do think Brady, you got yours, but a few of you are still have yours coming. Um, other than that, we're going to move forward. This week's show is brought to you by Fanshare Sports and FanshareSports.com. If you want elite ownership, the best ownership in the business, go to FanshareSports.com. Write the word cutline in your discount code if you're not sound up, and you'll get 20% off your monthly membership. Ownership is not a leverage to be belittled, but let's move on. The cut line is here to bring you in-depth DraftKings analysis of the Memorial Tournament and Mirfield Village Golf Club. And we're going to do the best we can to give you the best opportunity to cash on Sunday. We'll be sure to bring in timely wax, greenside sand traps, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. Watch yourself. And the cut line is here to bring you smashing lineups, cashing lineups, making sure that your lineups are in, your green, in the green, that your tournament lineups are up in the top 10 of the leaderboard. But we want you to build that bankroll. Looking forward to GPP wins. Mula, dinero, cash. And this week, we're going to break down Mirfield Village for the PGA Memorial Tournament. Nicholas's hometown and the course that's been a staple on the PGA Tour and often ranks in the top 20 in terms of difficulty. Past winners. This includes a bunch, including Bryson DeChambeau. Hopefully he plays this week. Hopefully Bryson plays this week, and we'll get down to him in the breakdown. But we're looking at guys like John Rahm, Cantley, who's got two wins in the last three years, Jason Duffner, Willie McGirt, Lingmurth, Matsuyama, Matt Kuchar. Wish uh, Tiger was here. I do wish Tiger was here. Anyways, Mirfield Village, forever known as the second shot course, as the fairway average has historically been near 70%. Mirfield Village presents a major-like atmosphere with PGA Tour pros that are preparing for the, yes, dare I say, U.S. Open coming next weekend. The course was lengthened in 2020, and the greens were newly manicured for its members with pure bent grass greens taking these factors into account. It has made Mirfield more of a modern challenge. So if you're looking at past historical data, it may not validate what the players are going to see this weekend. The tournament sets itself up as a challenge as the rough is typically growing out as an appeal to golfers preparing for the U.S. Open. In addition, the prize pool at the Memorial is significant as it's as high as at $9.3 to $10 million. It's crazy. It varies. Winning this tournament is no easy tax. We see an up and down percentage of about 50%. That should create severe penalties for those who are struggling around the green. Hello, Victor Hovland. And if a player's ball striking is off, Anticipate to be heading home on Friday. Luckily, putting averages near the bottom of 12 creates one simple aspect for a player's golf game this weekend. Tee to green, right? That's what we're looking at. So Nicholas built this course with Augusta in mind. The thing is that he wants challenges that players are going to see at Augusta, Augusta National, but they're just not as obvious as what you see there. But the thing is that the, the Masters is always present, right? We are always well aware of the course history and everything like that. So in a lot of ways, Nicholas always envisioned this course being much more Difficult of a challenge, forcing players to use every club in their bag to succeed. And modern golfers have just gotten so good that the changes necessary for that vision to continue are lengthening the course, closing in on the fairway in the terms of the width, and of course, making those greens roll fast, smaller greens, thicker rough, approach plays key. So the redesign did change that. 
It changed the way players attack this course, and we see that approach in the, in the shot approach distribution. So last year, for the first time, we had over 15% 250-yard-plus shots, and that is the par fives. That is technology. On top of that, though, we had most of our shots coming in that 175 to 200-yard range, so make sure that we are conscientious of that. But up on the rise again is that 200 to 225-yard shot. So there's a lot of options here to, to, to this course. Um, the approach shot distribution is interesting. Make sure you take that uh, at the course report on cutlinegolf.com. But recipe is simple. Be solid from tee to green. You're going to have a great weekend. Terminate has seen success recently from Bombers, but the indication of a strong course on PGA Tour shows winners of all sorts and ability at Mirfield have done that annually. You're looking at par 5 scoring this week as all of them are in the top five in terms of scoring on the entire course. Ironically, the long par threes on the back nine often find themselves more difficult holes that the golfers will face this weekend. A couple nuggets and tidbits. 2021 was the first time that we'd seen over 15% of their approach shots from 250 or longer. Kind of mentioned that already. In the past five years, the key to winning is having a solid tee to green game and being plus on the greens, plus strokes gain on the greens. The lone exception, the guy who won with the putter was DeChambeau in 2018, where he gained 1.37 strokes on the dance floor, which was in the top 10. Um, he was kind of middling in approach that year. The tournament is an invitational, so the player the player field is reduced to 120 golfers. So those of you that are loading up on DFS need to understand that there's potential for 6-6 six six to be abnormally higher than usual. And of course, it's always nice to fade the chalk when it misses. There's such massive leverage if you hit fairways here. The course is being utilized as a prep for next week's U.S. Open. Anticipate a rough that's going to create difficult approach shots. And, of course, it's going to limit scoring opportunities, miss greens with those small, small 5,000-square-foot greens. Like I said before, the par threes play really tough. And finally, the final five holes can break hearts on Sunday, including the 16th par three, which forces players to hit 200 yards plus over water. And, of course, the 18th hole always plays as the most difficult hole in the tournament. Stats I'm looking at. Ball striking, strokes gain approach, strokes gain around the green, up and down percentage, bogey avoidance, and scoring on those par fives. Correlated courses, Ennisbrook Bay Hill, PJ National, Augusta National, TBC River Highlands. I would include Riviera in there as well. Um, I think that's a very good course comp. But again, it, it kind of is it, it's on its own. It's kind of on its own island in a lot of ways. But I do like looking at last week. Because we are seeing some similarities with smaller greens, tight fairways. Um, the only difference is last week's rough was not as penalizing as it is this week. So, But the question is, who are we going to play this weekend? He's two putts from victory. Only needs one. Ooh, got a member's bounce there, boys. That's birdie all day long. This is the Cut Lines Birdie or Better segment where we break down each tier of DraftKings golfer. And just to let you guys know, this show does not intend on going with the cookie cutter models with the advice of play these guys because they pop in our models. We try to get different, look for edges everywhere, every which way, any possible hidden place that we can especially if you are mass multi-entering. And one of the things we've been focusing on these past few weeks are 
putters that are not popping in your models that you find, whether it's on Fanshare Sports or Fantasy National, but actually could be just a perfect time to jump on board. Um, example last week, Scott Stallings ranked 35th in putting on bent grass greens long-term. Everywhere else sucked. Finished tied for third. So got to take advantage of that. So the guys that we're looking at this week, kind of our bent grass experts, guys that we are really looking forward to, to, to rostering, Patrick Reed, Tringale, Lanto Griffin, Harris English, Scott Stallings, Troy Merritt, Pat Perez, and we're going to go back to Bo Hostler. Now, of those guys, two of them do rank inside the top 50 in my overall stat model, and that's Lanto and Pat Perez. So they're going to get some ownership. You're also going to see some ownership for Perez because, well, he just finished 12th last weekend at the Schwab. Okay. Um, you look at someone like Scott Stallings. Scott Stallings finished fourth. Can he do it again? Highly unlikely. But guys I like, Patrick Reed and Tringale missed the cut last weekend. All right. So we're talking about a guy who has a hard time hitting fairways. And we know that next weekend, if you're missing fairways, you're not going to do well. And Tringale fits that boat. So does Patrick Reed. So does Lanto Griffin. This is why they're not popping in people's models. But if they can get the putter going and figure out the rest of their game that weekend, we're going to take advantage of low ownership plays that people are just not going to have. Now, Patrick Reed's probably the anomaly. He's getting a lot of love currently on Twitter, on various websites. He's getting about 12.62% ownership. But I'm still going to buy into Patrick Reed if I'm MMing, okay? So another thing I want to point out, as the season progresses, DraftKings pricing gets really accurate. If you like money and you want to take advantage of weaker fields, people may not be as keen on what to do for any particular PGA tournament, jump over to FanDuel. The pricing is softer. The comp competition is way softer. Um, take advantage of it. I mean, those of you guys wanting the, the DraftKings crowns, right, for playing every DraftKings tournament, by all means, go ahead, play your single entry, whatever you have to do to get it. But if you want to go for some money, really take a good keen look at FanDuel. Make sure that you guys take a keen look because it's just, it's ridiculous how soft the pricing gets. Um, other, other putters this weekend that we're looking at that aren't really popping in anyone's model, but could be potentially like advantageous to have someone like Cam Davis. Absolutely. He fits that, that mold, that good, strong putter on bent grass greens, but he's not popping necessarily in the model. Um, if you want to like truly reach for the stars, go back to Jason Day. You want to go even further, 6,100 Adam Shank. He's dominant on bent grass greens. Okay, terrible everywhere else, but it's Adam Shank. He played here once in 2019, finished 65th, missed the cut last weekend, 41st the week before that, the PGA Championship. Ninth at the Wells Fargo, 79th at AT&T, Byron Nelson. Shank's an option. Um, Harris English, Troy Merritt. Um, those guys are not popping in the overall stat models. And, of course, the ownership's going to come on down. No one likes Abe Answer. Of course, history doesn't look good. But if you guys want to find someone sneaky and someone that we've wanted to jump on the bandwagon at the right time, Cabrera Bayo is kind of fit in that mold um the course history is really bad 37th miscut 41st miscut 
but that's kind of what you get with RCB. You don't get this strong, you know, you, you only get them for one tournament to take advantage of it. Uh, so now these guys are obviously players that you're rostering with a lot of risk. Like their game is not necessarily suited for it. And you're hoping for four straight rounds of, all right, I figured it out. We are going to figure it out this tournament and put it all together. And we get a top 20, get a top 10 and we're good to go. So like that is the risk you do with RCB. Um, last time we saw him, he missed the cut at the Mexico championship. Okay. Lanto Griffin has forever been like one of our favorite plays um, incredibly popular in years past, $7,100, pretty cheap, but only 47th in my overall stat model. So these are plays that I would suggest you look at. These are volatile, high-risk plays, and we'll try to list them in our foreplay. So just to give you a better look at this. So we're going to start with the top tier, all right? The $11,100 John Rahm, all the way down to $10,200 Andrew Shoffley. Ron McElroy, Cantley, Morikawa, and Xander, I think, are all in play. There's no way that one rational person can say that they can't compete here, can't win. I know a lot of people are going to the narrative of Xander can't win tough tournaments. A lot of people are going to say Rory doesn't win anymore. It's just only looking at majors. Patrick Cantley likes to lick windows, whatever you want to say, however you talk about it. But the fact is, all these guys have had really good success here at this tournament. In fact, all of them, with the exception of Xander, have finished first or second. Oh, and Rory. Rory's not. But maybe in the years past, I'm looking only looking at the last five years. But in the last five years, first or second. So this is where ownership comes into play. And right now on Fanshare, it's pretty evenly spaced out. I think as more tags kind of roll in, that's going to change. And that's going to, you know, people are going to lean one way or the other. And it'll be interesting to see, like, what, like, Feinberg, Mayo, Rick... Andy Lack, what these guys do in their run of this analysis of the top tier, and that's probably going to be a big driver of ownership. So, so we're going to tackle this 9K range, and you got a lot of good golfers in here. Cam Smith, Jordan Spieth, Zell, Torres, Hovland, Matsuyama, Fitzpatrick, and Shane Lowry. Lowry's getting a lot of love, popping everyone's models. He, he's having a great year. Statistically, I'm going to love him for the Open Championship. You look at his recent form, 23rd at the PGA Championship. We had him as a, as a foreplay, third at the RBC Heritage, third at the Masters. He looked so good this year at the Memorial. It's been hit or miss in the last in the last five years. He's got two top 20s, highlighted by that top, that top six finish in 2021, but he does have a missed cut in a 52nd place. So um, he's one of those hit or miss plays with that high ownership. Um, if that gets higher than what it's currently projected at, we're looking at about 22%. Like it's it's a fade, just an ownership fade, especially in this range. Um, Cam Smith getting double-digit ownership. And I'm curious about this because fairways are pretty important here. And he misses a lot of them with the driver. So this is an easy fade for me here. Um, I could see a lot of people talking about that narrative with Cam Smith. But the fact that he's had three missed cuts in the last five years and two of the cuts that he made, he didn't even finish top 60. So... Um, we know the upside Cameron Smith has. I'm just not going to buy into it. Jordan Speed at 9,700. He's been on a run that's been ridiculous right now. Like he's on fire. Second to Byron Nelson. 34th the PGA Championship. Last week he finished seventh. Um, first at the RBC Heritage after his miscut at the Masters. So Jordan Speed, right? 9,700, but again, has difficulty hitting fairways. The thing I do like 
here is like we question his game and the ability to use the driver and everything of that nature. But 2021 finished 18th. So pretty key here to take advantage. Zalatoris, Hovland. Uh, I like the comps to Augusta, so I like Zalatoris. But with the around the green game, I'm not falling in love with Victor Hovland. I'm just not. So um, that kind of rounds out that 9K range. That Like I'm not into Spieth even though I see the upside, but the ownership's pretty high, 15, 16%, that could get higher. And then Zalatoris and Hovland, again, some risky plays there. So we'll see, but let's go down to that 8K range. And I think this is where a lot, you're just gonna have to make or break your money. So the 8K range is littered with some really good plays. Sanjay M, you know, Max Homa, he's been a darling lately. 8,300 for walking Neiman, Seamus Powers, 8,000, Mito's 8,000. And these are guys that we've been riding this year. But again, ownership's showing that. Mito's coming in about 16, 17%. Neiman's coming in about 14%. You're not really getting any leverage here. So the key, I think, in this range is to find the guys you want to fade. And the three guys in the AK range I'm most definitely not going to touch is Davis Riley, Daniel Berger, and Keegan Bradley. I'm done with Keegan. Even in the models that he pops, I just don't want to play those tournaments in hopes that he finishes in the, in the top spots. These three guys really have either poor course history or they're just not really showing up at this tournament. I mean, Berger played here once in the last five years, missed the cut. Riley's never played here, so he's kind of like the wild card, I guess. But then you look at Keegan Bradley, missed cut, 68, missed cut, 23rd, missed cut. So not necessarily someone I want to jump on there. Berger doesn't hit the ball far and i know we don't we don't necessarily need that here with the bombers but we have seen kind of a correlation between longer hitters and success here um you look at neiman that's what probably could potentially give him a leg up even though he has trouble hitting fairways um and neiman's more of a high risk play for me and we're going to see like where the ownership kind of fits in but like you look at the fairway hit percentage neiman ranks 93rd in the field it's not really good so if you're hitting from the fairway to really small greens, he's going to have to trust that around the green game to bounce back a lot, which which he does well. He ranks seventh in the field and around the green, seventh in scoring. But I do think there's risk with Neiman if his driver's off. Max Homa, it's really hard to say that he's not playing his best golf of the year right now. So we probably want to take advantage of that. Sixth, miscut, 37th, finished fourth last week at the Schwab. I think there's some advantage there. Um Going down in that 7K range, we talked about Patrick Reed. Don't need to talk about him again. We are going to fade Billy Horschel. Something's not right. But finally, we get to talk about $7,800 Bryson DeChambeau. And I'm in on Bryson this week. He needs to play four rounds of golf to prep for a major championship at the U.S. Open. Like, he has to. There's no way to get around that. Um, I know people are going to really not play him. They don't trust the hand injury. They worry about a withdrawal. They worry about a mid-round withdrawal. You worry about the third-round withdrawal. But DeChambeau at $7,800 is a steal. I don't care about the injury, especially for DFS. He needs to play in four rounds of golf before the U.S. Open. These guys compete to win. And I anticipate that DeChambeau is going to do the same thing. He is here to compete to win. I don't think he's in the field for the Canadian Open. So this is his prep for the U.S. Open, other than a practice he's going to be doing. So DeChambeau. Not popping in people's models because of the fact he's been out all year with the hand injury. I'm going to buy big on DeChambeau. I think there's a lot to take advantage of. 
people are talking about Matt Kuchar as a play here, and I don't know. Strokes getting old is going to come into play at some point, right? Like he did well when the course was shorter in 27, 2018. Had to withdraw last year with the longer course. So I'm not in on Kuchar. But then you kind of get these sleepers like guys like Adam Scott. Kirk's not necessarily a sleeper, but he's there. Siwoo Kim, Alex Noren, Leishman, Aaron Wise. These guys are going to pop in models. I really like Aaron Wise again. Um, he's got the game here to do well, and all he has to do is hit fairways. He's not at bad at hitting fairways like, say, someone like Woodland or someone like Tringale, who, who has trouble hitting fairways. Leishman, again, another guy who has trouble hitting fairways. Like, I want these guys able to score so they have the top 25 upside. And Aaron Wise does that for me. He was really popular at the end of the year. Ever since then, he's kind of died down in that popularity. So... You know, you're looking at Aaron Wise as an option, in my opinion. Siwoo Kim, strokes gain approach, struggles at that. Some issues there with the approach game. Um, but, of course, he's the tournament GPP ideal, like top 10 last year. 18th, 41st, 29th with a withdraw. Didn't look good at the PGA Championship. Finished 60th, but that's okay. Um, so we can easily take advantage of that. Um, moving down in the 7K range, especially if you're going to look at course history, Ricky Fowler. Again, he's not very popular. He is high risk. We all know the struggles that Ricky's going through with his swing, with his game, and everything that's going on. But I'm a believer that golf's better with Ricky Fowler around, and I'm totally going to buy into it. Totally going to buy into the fact that Ricky will one day figure it out again. He may not win a major like we were hoping he would do someday, but still, we still see the advantage. Then you got the that little range of 74 to 7,300. Hoagie, Mitchell, Cage, Lee, Seb Straka. These guys just don't do enough for me to say like, hey, we need to roster him. Hoagie's going to pop in your models because of his rounds this year, but missed the cut last week. And I like some of the correlations between the Charles Schwab and this tournament specifically. So that about do it for that 7K range. Looking at the 6K guys, we talked about the putters. Scott Stalling, Troy Merritt, Pat Perez, Hostler, going back to him. Um, the likelihood that they are successful again, you know, limited, but we'll see. Naismith's going to be so chalky at 6,400. Um, I still think he's properly priced. Lucas Glover is always popular when he's sub 60, you know, 6,500. So he's going to be hugely popular. I'll fade if they're double-digit ownership. Brennan Steele, another guy who's an option. You know, he can't putt well on bent grass greens, but most definitely has the ability in the approach game and, and hitting fairways. Ranks 39th in the field in fairway hit percentage. Top 60 in strokes gained approach, but he's an excellent ball striker. He's 32nd in the field. Um, I worry about his around the green game, so he is missing greens. You know, we are going to have some problems there. But the guy I like, and I think he's been sneaky good this year, High risk, don't get me wrong, but at 6,600, Molinari, he, he's not going to pop anywhere, but this guy's won majors. He's won on tour, $6,600, played well here in years past. I don't know how you can not consider him, how you can't consider Molinari as an option. Um, I, I think there's some upside there, especially for those who are looking at guys like Brendan Steele and looking at guys like Lucas Glover. I'd rather go Molinari to get the low ownership leverage. Vegas always tends to get ownership in these kind of contests, so I, I don't think I'm going to go that route. 
Um, I'm pretty much going to avoid those big names and kind of look for for kind of those sleepers, high leverage, high edge sleepers. Kurt Kitayama comes to mind as one of those guys who can show up at any tournament and just kind of wow you. Um, and then if I had to do just like one sleeper dog down here in like the, the 6,100 sub range and try to figure out like who that would be, it would probably be Adam Shank. Um, missed the cut last weekend. One time here, finished in, in 65th. Duffner just doesn't have it anymore. I'm not going to get keep falling for that. Maybe go Boho. You know, go Hoke, but we'll see. But that's it. Let's take it home. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. That's it. It's over. It's all over. That is the Cut Lines Breakdown of the Memorial. Join us next week as we break down the Canadian Open at St. George's Golf Course. Purse of $8.7 million. And of course, two weeks away from the U.S. Open. Special thanks to Fanshare Sports. Special thanks to Golf Goons. Special thanks to Johan Sports Group. Keep on winning, smashing, and cashing. See you on top of the leaderboard on Sunday. Later.